<laughs> you know those we pack. Um, after I went to stay over at your place, I got one myself as well. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I put a, a microwave there, and uh-huh. it's just because it's like two minutes. Don't microwave it over two minutes. But yeah. I found it's not warm enough, so I put yeah. it up to three minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> when uh, when Sean comes to the bed, he opens the 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 quilt, the the duma, and he goes, "Why does it smell like bread?" Ah! <laughs> like a... Hi, this is Helen. And this is Jessie. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under on a glorious sunny Friday morning. Yeah, uh, it's the day of the 11th, which is um, the day that I've been looking for, looking forward to in the last month. Um, oh, really? What's happening of- today? Well, because uh, we have to wait until the end of today s- since we're in Sydney. But it is the day when Paramount Plus drops oh. the most anticipated movie of the year, <laughs> Love in Taipei, which is based on a book called Love Boat Love Taipei yeah. um, by Abigail Wang, I think, or Abigail Ken? I thought her surname was Han, yeah. Han, Han, yeah. Do you know she's not Taiwanese? Oh, is she not Taiwanese? Yeah. No, I Googled her. Oh. And she's like... Um, what about her parents? Yeah, no, they're like other... other. I should look this up. I should really do my... <laughs> um, let me let me have a look now. Yeah, um, okay. Well, tell I'll you, but she's, talk about yeah, it. Yeah. She's, 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 she's... Yeah, let's tell... So tell the listeners what it's about. Um, I actually haven't read the book. I only came to know about the book around last year when my friends who have teenage daughters mm-hmm. they're reading the love boat book and they were telling me how much their daughters are into that book and they're really looking forward to the film adaptation and right. it is adapted by the director the Chinese american director arvin chen i believe who was also a guest at the time festival uh, time really festival. yeah yeah so he, he That's appeared so exciting. At, uh, he appeared in Melbourne this year, so I didn't get a chance to see mm. him. But he had made a couple of like quirky comedy slash romantic lot um films in the past. Right. Case. Right. Yeah. So yeah, have you found the background? Yeah. So I I um you know when I see this hell, I'm I always think I should write a young romance, young adult romance novel. Mm. And then for it to de- turn into, you know, a film, Netflix, yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's so profitable. So anyway, um, Abigail Hing Wang is her name, and she, oh, Wang. okay, according to, according to Wikipedia, a very, very much trusted source, <laughs> um, she was born in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and her father immigrated from Indonesia. Okay, so he might be Indonesian Chinese. And then I don't know. It doesn't say. And then her mother is um, Filipino. She immigrated from the Philippines. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, personally, that she might have not. She might not have any connections with Taiwan. But yeah. Why did she write a? Heard a story from her friends. You know, from that incident what we talk about on Yellow Face, where you listen to other people's stories and you take upon their stories and you right, write. Right, yeah. Also, like, like the whole, like the premise of the book and the movie is this, um, is this thing which I think a lot of, like, I think every kind of country, every kind of non-Western country has a sort of these programs 
Like I know yeah, um, Asian diasporas for kids. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, like programs nationally funded government, nationally, by federally funded programs, mm -hmm. where young people, they are. It's like a boot. Uh, it's like a summer camp mm -hmm. for kids who have immigrated to other countries, like in the West, and then they. The idea is that they come back and learn about their own culture. So, like for instance, it's not even in a just in Asia, like birthright, you know, in Israel, yes, yeah. Jewish for Jewish kids, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so the premise is that. And so when I found out that the writer of this book is not Taiwanese, I just thought that was like kind of strange. Yeah, because you wouldn't have thought that you have to write from your own experience. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and also she could have said it in any other country, right? Because any yeah. all all countries have. A program like this, mm -hmm. so it must have been something about Taipei and Taiwan that that really found appealing. Her. Yeah, but yeah. you never I mean, know. Maybe her dad's really from Taiwan, but yeah, yeah, like a second yeah. generation. That's right. Immig yeah, Indonesia. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'll read this just because I don't read any YA. Uh, mm -hmm. only because um, it's not a genre that I naturally gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. It's not because I I'm like. Beyond the age in which it's specifically targeted for, I, I believe that YA is universal. Period. Everyone, um, but it's yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it's completely relatable uh, to anyone. But uh, I, I do kind of want to read this only because I saw this YouTube video of a book talk person talking about how um, this is this is a book he really kind of enjoyed, but he would never read again because it's so absurd. Apparently, the the ending is like this was like a gay white young dude talking about this book, and he said like um, the male characters are drawn really absurdly, and it, it's like I mean just see if you guys just lo go onto YouTube and look at the trailer, it's mm -hmm. very much the typical conceit in which um, a girl falls ha has is stuck between choosing stuck between choosing two guys you know mm -hmm. you see that in to all the boys i've ever loved yeah you see that very, in, almost like an archetype for all the ya stories oh in every yeah. in every kind of rom-com right the girl yeah. the woman is always forced to choose between two guys mm -hmm. um so we saw that in and we saw um, so the to all the boys i've ever loved um the summer i turned pretty Another yeah. one where she has to where she chooses like it's it's like the the most yeah, never Uber. have I ever does it as well. Pardon? Never have I ever. Yeah, done exactly. That kind of yeah, yeah. It's like a hot well. dude versus a. It's always a guy. <laughs> poor hot dude versus a nerdier, less good looking be beta male, but who's like yeah. kinder, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. It's like there's only two type of guys in the world: <laughs> tall, hot, superficial, or or artistic, shorter guy um <laughs> but yeah, that's very uh, reductive for like the males across yeah but but who cares because yeah. men don't watch this you know men, <laughs> men you know that ya space i said that you know these, these kind of genres they're for girls yeah at least these these types these genre but um i do i do want to read it hopefully i'll i'll go to the library and maybe find a copy because i want to know how someone from the West and an immigrant like myself depicts Taiwan. Ah. I would like to. I would like to see how that is. Yeah, yeah. Depicted. That would be interesting. Yeah, but like I said before, she could have. It could have her own be her own experience, and then she just embellished with all this love story around it.
Yeah, and um, programs are it quite is- frequent because there's one in uh, there's major ones in july and august which is the summer holiday for northern hemisphere and there's another one for december january which is the summer holiday for the southern hemisphere kids yeah yeah, yeah. and my my friends kids they have attended the ones at the end of the years before and they say it's never like that it's never that beautiful as the book you know oh, of course yeah the people out. are never as hard yeah, of course yeah and it's the people are not hard <laughs> that's why we love it though but it's almost as you really go to extend to the point that you fantasize the sort of summer camps that you will you know attend but it's never like that (laughs) oh yeah of course i mean that that is why movies are great and like TV shows and just the whole (laughs) yeah it's just the whole medium of cinema that's why I love it because it's a place where we can fantasize about the world. And and I, I love this particularly because it I know there are a lot of films and TV shows who have already done this in the past, mm. but this feels like the first or one of the first shows or cinematic depictions of a city which deserves a lot of fandom. Yeah. Taipei is incredible. Taipei Honestly, does, it is just a lot of attention. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and it's just it's so beautiful. Um, and it's it deserves the kind of it's I I feel like it deserves the sort of ardor that New York or any of the major cities in the world, like Shanghai. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask any person on the street, name like a big Asian city, they would say Tokyo, Tokyo or Shanghai, yeah, right? Yeah, or maybe Hong Kong. Um, maybe you know, before the riots in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But Taipei is really up there. And uh, I'm, like, really looking forward to seeing how this movie depicts it. I, I actually thought it was a show, so I was telling my friend Billy we should do I this. I thought that it was, show. like, a light, uh, I, like a... I thought it was a, a TV series or something. Uh-huh. Like, to, uh, to oh, to, to, <laughs> yeah, to, like, uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty, but it's actually just a movie. So um, I can't wait until it drops... And I'm going to get Paramount Plus just for it. I don't actually subscribe to Paramount Plus, but I'm going to get it just for just for this movie. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so speaking of cities, I want to talk about a movie that both of us saw in the past weeks, which is Chongqing Shenlin. The English title is Chongqing Express. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this is followed by other – what was the other film that you – told me that is directed by Wong Kai Wei. Okay, so we're doing, my friend Billy and I and Kyle, um, we're doing the whole retrospective of Wong Kai Wei, and it went from um, Chunking Express to Ashes of Time and then Fallen Angels, but we couldn't find Ashes of Time, so we skipped it, and we went to see Fallen Angels. And Fallen Angels is kind of like the the sequel, the loose yeah. sequel to Chonkai Express. So you have Takashi, whatever his surname is, Helen loves this guy. Um, uh, he's also in Fallen Angels. But mm-hmm. Fallen Angels was like deeply, deeply oblique and Very sparse dark. and completely plotless. It mm-hmm. was so plotless we were just, I had no idea what was going on for most of the time. Yeah, but Chongqing Express is uh, a bit more vibrant compared to Fallen Angel. So it is a 1994 Hong Kong romantic slash crime slash comedy drama. And it consists of two stories, uh, which is told yeah. in 
points if you like I, I watched it when I was like before I was 20 so I was a little bit confused back then because I have no idea about this unconventional um sort of films that you watch yeah. that is not mainstream so I was quite confused when I watched the first time so each story is about a lovesick Hong Kong policeman who was like to merely over his relationship with a woman. So the first one stars Takeshi Kaneshiro. He's a Taiwanese Japanese actor who was a cop who was obsessed with the breakup he had with a woman named May. And then because uh, of this of this obsession, uh, he spiraled and kept on eating canned pineapple for the whole yeah. month. Yeah, yeah. And, and he and he was obsessed with the uh, use by date. Use by date, which is the first, the thirtieth of May or something. Yeah, thirty first. Uh, yeah, they were broken up on the April Fool's Day, and he thought that was a joke, but it turns yeah. out not to be. You know that the trend of eating pineapple became so popular at one time when this film came out because everyone wants to be like Takeshi, like eating pineapple. It was. I think he's the most. I think. Takashi is probably I can't think of anyone else who has the uh, the most astonishingly beautiful male face. Oh, he has been labeled as the Asian Keanu Reeves. I, I think yeah, he's he's, he's face, just yeah. He he does he doesn't need to be derivative. He mm. is, you know, himself standalone standalone stunning. Yeah. Just absolutely you can't find like, anyone mind- that looks like him. At all. I can't. Yeah, yeah. what a great mix. <laughs> Japanese and Taiwanese. Like our niece is also Japanese and Taiwanese. Yeah. A stunning mix. Yes. Hi there. If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry. Um, and the second story follows Tony Liang, uh, Liang Chaowei, as a, another police officer who is also dealing with a breakup and his interaction with this quirky, um, where was she working? A snake bar? Uh, oh, it's like, a, it, yeah, it's like a... Um, takeaway shop? Yeah, and, and she has like, she, she he ha- he orders the clubs, was it the chef's but, salad or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that. I love that so much. Although that character played by Fei Wong, she um and Billy kept saying that she, she looks exactly like Helen. <laughs> I don't have the short hair like we kept, her. We kept saying that, and then I was like, "What? What about me?" But anyway, um, she was the typical when this time we watched it, we were like, "This is such a manic pixie dream girl depiction." Yes, she's yeah. like coming into his house um secretly and cleaning up his apartment. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it, I think it's um I feel like Wong Kai Wei just so well depicting that that kind of 
poignant, melancholy, and pen- pensive, sorrowful feelings of a guy who has been, you know, been dumped. And then mm. it combines with a really perfect, chaotic commotion of Hong Kong. I think um, when we, we were just talking about Taipei, I think this film really brings out that chaos in Hong Kong, particularly in the yes. first part of the movie where there was another character we didn't mention, which is the woman with the blonde hair. We never yeah, know yeah. about her background. She's she's yeah. seems like she's a she's drug dr- drug dealer, and um, she had this failed attempt of tr- drug trafficking with a, a group of Indian family, and then she lost her. She's trying to find a word. I can't. I'm just mind blank at the moment. And then she lost. Her, all her drugs through you know the guy the people just dumped her at the airport yeah and the interact the, the indians yeah the indians the encounter the encounter with takeshi was almost uh, a bit strange uh i thought back then i thought that okay why would you just want to sit there and listen to this young dude pestering <laughs> you at the bar yeah, yeah. it was really annoying that time like when i was 20 yeah. when i was 20 I, I thought that was really cute but in my 40 now yeah. that was so fucking annoying just keep on yeah, asking yeah. like what's your yeah, name no, what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah it's just so fucking basic annoyingness from the young person yeah yeah i know it's so um, this is what i love about art and the purpose of art is to it, it kind of is a way to refract your own changing values throughout life yes Yes. Like, for instance, yeah. um, I know, I know fundamentally that when I watched Francis Ha when it came out, you know, I think it came out in 2012. I was in my early 20s, and it completely changed my life because the first time that I saw an awkward woman depicted, and mm-hmm. I related to everything about Francis so, so on a very visceral and intellectual and emotional level. And but like in the last few years, I've kind of irked at the way <laughs> that I've related it to to her because I realized after many conversations that um that many many people many women many women throughout all ages not just young women related to Francis Ha and I felt deeply unoriginal and um very boring and dull and then when I watched it again maybe like a couple of years ago I was in my 30s at this point Mm -hmm. I still loved it I still loved it but um ideologically I didn't connect to it in the same way and I Mm. I feel a bit, yeah. I feel, I feel that the movies that you, the f- movies that come to define who you are, are different to the movies that you tend to love wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? Like I know that, for instance, a Lost in Translation defined a lot of my sensibilities as a young person, but now I irk at the racism. You know? Yeah. You look at the detail things when you're older, like when you're younger. Yeah think that those things are important and once you get well, you, older exactly. you're, well, well, you're more experienced you consider things very differently you just have so many blind spots as a young person yes, that's right yeah one thing that i thought that i valued differently when i watched this movie when i was in my 20s and now was the character of uh, played by faye Wan. Like back in my 20s, I thought that was really cute and sweet, like going to someone's apartment, the, the person you like secretly and cleaning for him. And it was a very- And then like moving little bits of his, moving little bits of his per- furniture yeah. so that he could come back and be like, oh my God, what happened? Who was here? Yeah. 
<laughs> but you think about it now; it's a very traditional patriarchy thought, like doing something for someone else to satisfy yourself rather than self care. You know, you're doing something for someone else. And now I look at it、um, as a forty year old person. I thought it was really stalky ish. You know, it's a bit hot.、Oh, yeah, so, like、yeah, so problematic. <laughs> How problematic is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was quite problematic. Um, probably back then we never thought about that, but now it is really it 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 is a big issue. But on con in the contrast, I saw that um, the first story where Takeshi's character, like I said, he was a bit tedious, like most young men, and actually all the male characters are not that interesting in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Focus was more on the female characters. Um, what I found I was quite surprised now while I am watching it. You know, in my forties now, is that when he encounters the woman in blonde hair, that even though that she's drunk, he didn't cross the boundaries and take advantage yeah, of her. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought that was a really, you know, a well, very well set a、uh, scenario because you would expect back in the nineties or even before two thousand or even now. Even now, yeah. Now, I mean, that and that also goes does, to show how how low our standards are. <laughs> Just that a guy、so、with a drunk, girl, drunken woman, drunk. you know,、yeah. in the hotel. You don't sit there and order <laughs> service for the whole.、Uh, also, yeah, and then when he kept eating, yes, yeah, it was so like、uh, there's something about seeing a guy stuff himself with food、uh-huh. in order to, um, in order to soothe his pain.、Mm. I find that really, really like um, I just always connect. I always feel a lot for men. Asian men, when I see that, like I, it reminded me of Stephen Yen, um, you know, in Beef. Yeah, he in the yeah when he kept stuffing、oh, himself with、oh, burgers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like I just feel I don't know. It feels I think it reminds me of my own father. Ah,、uh, because like I know that my dad pain that they are not inflicting、yeah. on someone else; they are actually inflicting on themselves. Yeah, I feel like as and because our father grew up with um grew up in in a household where his father had starved in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. In the Chinese Civil War, and so like food and the relationship to food and self nourishing,、yeah. or like yeah, it's just it's so complicated. It's、mm-hmm. very complicated and、mm-hmm. multi layered, and um and it was just so, it's, yeah. Every time I see an Asian man on 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 the screen like stuffing himself with food, I just automatically feel something very very deeply. Yeah, and because you can tell that he's not eating to get rid of the hunger. He's get he's eating to get rid of something else. Yeah, particularly the scene where he was like,、um, he was sitting in like a pile of empty,、uh, yeah, pineapple. pineapple yes. Yeah, and then he was like, "I feel sick." I think he ate like thirty cans 30,、yeah. in one night. Uh huh. Because they were like the day before he expired that he wants to stuff himself with all those. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I remember seeing that. That that um, so I didn't see Chunkai like the first time I saw Chunkai Express was actually a few, a few weeks ago、mm-hmm. with my friends, but I do recall seeing um the scene when I was very very young and it always stuck with me of Takashi talking to his dog and saying like uh, uh, like a man the dog、uh, is a man's best friend or something yeah、uh, I'm pretty sure that's like one of the TV commercial or something like that because he did、uh, thousands of TV commercials with that as well. It's very cute. Yeah, he's a beautiful, beautiful human being. 
Yeah, who who doesn't really appear anywhere nowadays? Oh, Is yeah. he married? No, he's very secretive about his own private life. Interesting. Yeah, suspected that he might be gay or he's married. Yeah, he's, but he never really talks about his own personal private life. Well, how do you feel about Tony Leung? Do you think he's good? Um, I thought he was so young. <laughs> obviously, he's so he's very beautiful as well, but in a very different way. Yeah, it's in a very different way. I think that in the movie, he's definitely more mature, but he's also very oblivious about the things that's happening around him. Um, he's of he's not aware of how the other Faye Faye Wan, the character that she plays, Faye also named Faye. Um, that is, she has an interest in him and. It it's kind of just depicts a very real persona of a man that is not very smart. I think. Yeah. What do you think of Tony Leung in the uh, Chongqing Express? I um we all said that we preferred the first story. Hmm. I think the second story kind of dragged, but I mean he's such a phenomenal actor. I really like him. Um, he's got such an intelligent face. Um. Such a like, I feel like Takashi has a very soap opera, good looks kind of face. <laughs> yes, but Tony Leung has a very, um, it's it's a much more sort of interesting and complicated face. But it's still very handsome. It's just mm. a very, very different kind of handsomeness. Uh, mm. When we watched it, you know, California Dreaming by the Marbles and Papas, obviously the song that the second Manic Pixie Dream Girl is obsessed with. Mm-hmm plays about 20 times in the whole film. And every time it came up, Kyle, my friend, would be like rolling his eyes. He's like, are you serious? Not again. It was really <laughs> funny. Um, but it's such a like dreamy song. And Wong Kar Wai uses a lot of American, you know, pop tunes in his movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he also, in another, I think it was in Fallen Angels, he has a another character, a woman who, another female character who has blonde hair. And uh, it's like kind of a trope, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, blonde hair, like hair and Manic Pixie Dream Girl-esque is often used. Like when you think about um, uh, Clementine in uh, the, the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you know, she colors her hair oh, yes. to stand out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the most superficial way in which men, male directors write interesting female characters who they think are like quirky and cute. Uh, it's like the equivalent of girls who like playing with their dolls or something. Like they color their hair. Yeah, I wonder if he's trying to uh, remind in on that sense of innocence and purity. Right. Yeah, but they don't want to make because maybe only the first, uh, the second, the second uh, female character, which one uh, Fei Wan plays, is definitely gives me a sense of youth, that sort of vitality. Yeah, yeah. As the first one is that you can definitely tell that the blonde hair woman is mature and she's... Yeah. She's uh, like, yeah, she's she's been around the bush. Yeah, like she's more experienced. Been around the bush? Is that the the expression? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but overall it is a very good movie. It has... 
you know, stylish cinematography, like I said, captured a lot of a chaotic commotion in of Hong Kong. Visually stunning and um, full of, uh, you know, a lot of un- unconventional way of storytelling. Yeah, um, Wong Kar Wai's um, major main cinematographer that he worked with was Christopher Doyle, who's Australian, and he shot a lot of his films. I think he shot seven of Wong Kar Wai's films, and he has a very unique visual style, uh, and he knows how to work with neon, which is, you know, perfect when it comes to kind of Hong Kong as a city at night. Neon, neon nights. Oh, it's just stunning. I love it. (laughs) 